Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day as Noni over at aslobcomesclean.com. Noni is short for anonymous because that's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out what works in my home, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that do work for real people in real life who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me. This is podcast number 71, and I'm calling it Budgets and Money. Um, I have a couple of posts up this week over at aslobcomesclean.com about how I use Amazon Prime. And I was thinking, okay, well, I'll do a podcast on that as well. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to go back a little bit and just talk about basic budgeting and money. Uh, just so everybody knows, this is by no means a budgeting and money type podcast. And I am by no means a um, budgeting and money expert. Uh, but it is something that, um, we've worked on and worked through and struggled with. And so we have some ways, um, so just kind of some things to think about, um, on how we do things and how it might work, you know, in your home. And I'd love to hear in the comments, comments for this podcast over at a um, what your experience is as well. I would love to know that. So, um, if you would like to leave a comment on this, just go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and you can find this podcast linked on there, uh, podcast number 71, um, or just go to, um, in the sidebar, there's a little search feature and you could put in 071 and it should take you to this podcast. So there's, various ways to get there. Um, okay. So before I get started though, I want to make sure that I give a little reality check. Uh, those of you who are regular listeners know that I am working on a book that is set to be released by Thomas Nelson publishing, uh, in January of 17, which it is October 15th, 2015 right now. So let's all do that math and realize that's well over a year away. But did I say October or September? Whatever. It's October. Anyway, um, but my manuscript is due November 20th, which means it is a month and five days away or five weeks from tomorrow. So I am in full on book writing mode and, um, my house shows it like it's full on project brain tunnel vision. I look around every once in a while and go, <gasps> But otherwise, I'm just totally in the zone and writing and going crazy. So anyway, yeah, that's that's what we have here at A Slob Comes Clean. Uh, we basically are all about, um, yeah, we're all about the fact that this is my personality. I throw myself into projects, and when I do, my house gets crazy. And um, we are running the dishwasher every night, and that is our saving thing in that we have clean dishes and I am cooking because I have stuff in the freezer that makes cooking pretty easy. Um, as far as, you know, pre-cooked ground beef and pre-cooked chicken. And so anyway, um, we're surviving, but it is surviving only. Like if you knock on my door, I'm not going to let you in. I probably wouldn't even let my mother in right now. So that's, that's where we are. So, um, anyway, just like to be honest there, like now, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think I said that, um, you know, talking about hiring a maid, cause I'd had a, a podcast on that and how I've, you know, completely justify it financially because 
I'm working on this project right now and this is the time to have a maid. But guess what? Um, at one point, a couple weeks ago, I was like, well, you know what? My house is not that bad because I'm cleaning my house to break through writer's block. Well, now I'm in the editing portion, which means writer's block is not as big of an issue. Um, but now I'm at that point where I'm like, yeah, I can't let somebody come in here and clean because it's <laughs> such a disaster. I can't even do that. So yeah, um, that's my reality. And I endeavor to always be honest. So let's all just laugh about the irony of what I'm writing about versus what writing about that makes my house look like. Okay. Cause I'm going to blame the writing about it. I'm not going to blame myself because you know, Okay, fine. I blame myself. Anyway. All right. So we're talking about budgets and money today. This is podcast number 71. Um, so did y'all know that it is possible to be like a total cheapskate and get great bargains all the time and still bust your budget, like still overspend? Yeah, it is. Um, basically I am a born cheapskate, but I have to have certain things in place for me because I will, as we all know, I have an excessive personality, meaning if I see something on sale for 10 cents, then I don't think, wow, I'm only spending 10 cents. I think, wow, I can get 20 for $2. I think that's the right math, whatever. I don't have the brain power to worry about it. So, um, anyway, my point is just being frugal does not necessarily mean that, um, I don't spend as much money. So I have to put things in place to keep from spending way too much money. Okay. So, um, again, I am so not a personal finance person. I'm just telling you what we do in our own home that helps us, that works with my tendency to be scatterbrained, my tendency to, Assume that I know something like assume that I know how much money I have and be totally wrong. Um, when my husband and I were, I think it was our first, it was our first year that we took a vacation after we had kids. So as you know, traveling is a big thing to me. I love to travel. I love to go places. So we got married. We went to Disney world. The next summer we went to Vermont, um, the next summer and right before I had my first child. And then we had our first child and we were like, okay, where are we going to go on vacation this year? So, um, this is before we realized that vacationing with a baby is actually not even fun. Um, and it really is not fun in Branson, Missouri. Uh, we thought, okay, well we can go to Branson because that's somewhere we could drive. We have relatives who live kind of on the way. So we stopped and saw them and then we went to Branson. Yeah. Branson is like all about shows and things and, um, babies aren't really into shows. So yeah, we learned our lesson and we didn't go on another vacation for like five years after that. But um, financially as well, we learned a lesson and that was my husband had taken on an extra duty at work and I'm sorry, I have two boys who are 12 and 13. So every time I say duty, it does make me want to laugh. Sorry. Anyway, but an extra duty at work and he had gotten, I think he got paid. I don't remember how much it was, but it was a chunk. It was probably a third of a month's pay. Okay. So it was a nice little chunk that in my mind meant we had all this extra money. And I, um, you know, I was, we were new to me staying at home 
the biggest budget buster for us ever in me staying home was insurance. I'm not going to get into um, my little rant on this, but oh my goodness. Yeah, my our insurance is ridiculous. And that was the thing we didn't plan for when I was going to stay home. Um, because when I worked and we both had insurance covered through where we worked, it was fine. You know, well, we technically supposedly have insurance through where my husband works, but when I'm on it, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it just completely busted our budget. Um, we also, before I started staying home, had told ourselves that we were living off of his income, except that every emergency came out of my income. So we didn't have any kind of a plan for dealing with emergencies once he was staying home other than emergencies never happening, which isn't reality. So anyway, so basically we had not yet adjusted to me staying home and only having one income and we had this chunk of money. And so I thought we have all this money. So we went on vacation and I just spent freely because I was like, woohoo, we've got extra money. Um, So I'm sure you can all imagine how that went. And so that September, so this was in the summer, we'd gone on vacation and I just kind of had this mentality that we had all this money. Well, that, um, maybe it wasn't September, September, October, somewhere around in there, we started bouncing checks. I mean, I did. I won't say we, I will say I did. Like I had purchased a couple of things. I thought I was being all frugal going and, you know, doing Christmas shop. This is kind of my first, um, fall as a stay at home mom. And we were, um, you know, we were, so I, I was like imagining that I was going to be the best Christmas person buyer ever for extended family. So I was like doing my shopping in September and October and, you know, trying to catch great deals while I was doing that, but we were out of money and we bounced some checks and we've never had that happen before ever. And that was a huge wake up call that I could not depend on what I was pretty sure was in our bank account. I mean, I I couldn't depend on my personality and my brain to actually have a grasp of that. Okay. Um, because that was what got us into trouble was me thinking, Oh, well we have extra money. So I'm going to spend and I'm going to spend and I'm going to spend. And I kept spending way after we'd used up all that extra money. So that was our big wake up call that just because I'm frugal and I'm buying, you know, when you bounce a check somewhere where now this is like in the days of checks. Now I get totally irritated if somebody writes a check. I'm sorry if that's you, but, um, but if somebody in front of me is writing a check and I'm in a hurry, I'm like, Oh my word, who writes checks anymore? But sorry. Um, I don't actually say that out loud. I just think it in my head and I smile anyway. But, um, you know, it's really frustrating when you thought you were getting a great deal on, um, you know, you were, I think I was, I think I purchased frames at Michael's and I got them for this fantastic price. It was on sale and I had gone, I had made this extra trip to go there, gotten to Michael's, purchased these frames and I was going to use them to make fantastic, wonderful Christmas presents for relatives. And wasn't I so smart to have grabbed them when they were on sale in September? Well, when you bounce check, you end up paying all this extra, um, you know, like fees. First of all, it's horribly embarrassing and whatever kind of check system it was, 
um, you know, is like used at various different places. And so then all of a sudden nobody will take your check even after you do get it taken care of. It, it was just awful. It was a really awful, horrible experience. So it was a wake up call for us, for me being a stay at home mom and what we needed to do. So what have we done? Well, the one thing that we do that has continued to work for 12 years now, I guess, is we set up a separate bank account for, we call it local. I mean, that's just, you know, oh, this is local. I know that doesn't make any sense to other people except for us. That's just what we, what we mean by that is that that's, we have a special account that has a certain amount of money going it every month. And we have that set up from automatic pay with my husband's job. A certain amount of money goes in that every month. And that is for base. That's basically my account. You know, I mean, it's, it's like household. So it's the stuff that, um, eating out and groceries. Hold on just a second. I'm sorry. I had to pause it while I sneezed. You're welcome for catching that before I actually did it. Okay. Uh, but that, that's our, you know, so that's our account that we use for eating out money and for grocery money. Okay. So it's basically the stuff, you know, my husband takes care of bills. I'm so thankful, but you know, our monthly bills and all that kind of stuff, big stuff comes out of our main account, but this is a separate account. What that does with a debit card, I'm able to go by and check that balance and know, and now my husband has the app on his phone and know how much I have in there. Okay. Those of you who are great about balancing your checkbook, yay for you. I'm not. So this is like my version of that. Okay. So it, the other thing that we have set up on those is we have it set up and it it makes the bank people crazy because they just can't understand, but we have it set up that we are not allowed to go over because we decided we, the first time we did it, we just had whatever it defaults to, which it defaults to you being able to go over and then your bank charging you an extra 20 bucks. It's like, Oh yeah, sure. You can keep on buying. Um, I'm sorry. My dog is like going crazy with her little toy right now. So if you hear that in the background, she's not mad. She's just having a great time. Um, but anyway, so like that's, that was the default was for them to, you know, I think it's overdraft protection, which is just so great. But basically what it means is spend all you want. And every time you think that you're spending, I think the same thing happened. It was Easter and my kids were little and I went and got, um, Easter stuff and it let me buy it. And I thought I got a great deal, but then my bank charged me 20 extra dollars because I had gone over. And I was like, I thought it wasn't going to let me spend if, um, if I didn't have the money in there. So that's something I had to go to them and say, this is how I want it set up. This is how I want my account set up. I want you to deny this purchase. I would rather be embarrassed at the cash register than by them saying, Oh, your card is denied than them letting me buy a Coke for a dollar and then having it, you know, charge $20 overdraft protection because I didn't actually have that in there. Okay. So that it's like a safeguard. It's just setting up a safeguard It's having that separate account and doing that. Okay. Um, other things that we do now, we have that automatically go in. Um, that was something we had to do with the payroll department at my husband's work. Um, <clears throat> 
And that is much better than us writing a check. We used to say, okay, well, I'll write a check out of our regular into our local, what we call it, um, account and um, at the beginning of every month. Well, even though somehow at Walmart, they would be able to write a, have a check immediately come out of your account, banks somehow can't do that. So it would take two or three days. Well, you know, that would be a, a problem that we'd have or, you know, anybody, anywhere, or I'd forget to go and do that check right away. And so I just spend out of our other one. And, you know, so anyway, basically having all that set up to be as automatic as possible is very helpful for my personal, um, personality type. Okay. <clears throat> so that's a separate one. Um, you know, Dave Ramsey, if you follow him is really, really big on, um, having a budget meeting every month and, you know, every dollar has a name before the month begins or something like that. Meaning every single dollar in your entire budget is designated to somewhere before the month even starts. And that is so helpful. But sometimes it doesn't happen. And so having this account that's like, this is my grocery account. This is our eating out account. That works. Another thing we do is we take out, um, cash is ideal. Um, I don't take cash out for groceries anymore, but we do take the cash out for eating out. So we will take out a certain amount and then I will divide it into four envelopes for the weekends. Or if there's five weekends in that month, then there's a little bit less in five envelopes. Um, and we have that as our eating out money. And there's something strange that happens mentally when I do that. Okay. If there is a month, which it does happen where I forget to do that, I don't go get the cash out. And so we're just swiping that debit card for eating out that I'm thinking, well, I think we spent about this much on Friday night. So I bet you we have, I'm always wrong. And we run out of money so much faster that month than we do if we have the cash. And it's really nice when I have one envelope for this weekend to go back next weekend, I have a whole new envelope. And then the next weekend I have a whole new envelope. And the best part is the last weekend I still have the same amount that I had before. And even if I have to go borrow from one of the future envelopes, because we've got a birthday dinner at a restaurant that's not one that we would normally put into our budget or whatever, there's something that clicks in my head where I actually am aware of that when I'm using cash in a way that I'm not aware of it when I'm using a debit card. Okay. Um, okay. So how do you save at the grocery store because you know that's the main place where things seem to fluctuate. Um I don't know if you were around when my family and I or we whatever were on ABC National News with Diane Sawyer. I know, right? It was crazy. Um it kind of happened through blogging in that it happened through a blogging group that I was in where they said something and I was like, yeah. And I thought I was volunteering to do something about decluttering. And it turned out, oh, no, 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 we we just need somebody. The, the producer called me and he goes, we just need a normal family that we can help save money on groceries. And I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. Because I know there are people out there who are like, oh, I would hate to be on television. And my whole family is like, woohoo, let's do this. Anyway, so uh, of course, my mother said, do they know you're not normal? Anyway, uh, so I was like, sure, we can do that. Well, <clears throat> ABC, their crew came here and they were really nice. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. It was exhausting, but it was a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, their goal was to show us how to use tech stuff 
to save money. And their expert that they had was a tech expert. So she had found these apps and websites and things like that for um, helping you save money at the grocery store. Well, the only problem with that is I am really frugal with my grocery budget. And I, because we have this system in place where I can't go over, I, you know, I can't eat into other budgets because it's this one account that that's all that, you know, we do groceries with. Um, I'm pretty good at staying in my budget and I have a pretty low budget for a lot of people. I know budgets completely vary. Different families are different. Um, but what was funny was, um, people where we live were all messaging me going, how in the world is your grocery budget only $500? Now for some people, that's going to sound like a lot for some people that's going to sound like nothing, but that's our grocery budget, $500 a month for a family of five with two boys who are, you know, teenagers, basically one's 12, but he's teenager sized. So, um, I have, so that, that was what people were saying is they were, you know, cause it was kind of funny. Cause they're like, you know, how much do you spend on groceries every month? Well, I spend, um, $500, you know, and they're like, Oh, where in reality, that's a really pretty low grocery budget for a lot of people. So, um, that was just super funny to me. And so it wasn't that, Oh, they had helped me save so much money, which they did. It was great. And it was fun. But I personally was more grocery store savvy than the people who were helping me. But anyway, um, but they did know stuff about tech stuff. So, um, what are some basic ways to make sure you stay within a grocery budget? And like I said, I would love to hear y'all's ideas and your tricks for what you do. Um, the number one thing you can do is have a list. I mean, this is, I'm pretty sure I've heard Dave Ramsey say this too, that it's scientifically proven. So we're going to say it's scientifically proven, but I know it's proven in my own home anecdotally because it's true. If I have a list, when I go to the store, I'm going to spend less money than if I just walk in and look around thinking, okay, what do I need? Okay. And the other thing that happens when I have a list is I get home and I can feed my family. If I don't have a list, I go, I wander through all the aisles. It takes me longer. I spend more money. I come home and I still don't have everything I need to make a meal. Okay. So having a list is everything. What I will do, um, there are meal plan services available. If meal planning is just completely overwhelming to you, um, look up something like emails. I will put a, I think there's a link in my sidebar. Um, I used to get emails plans and I loved them. They really helped, but I've started shopping differently, which I'm going to talk about. Um, and so I haven't used them as much as I used to. Um, but I, uh, it's a great thing for the person who seriously doesn't even want to think about it. They just want somebody to tell them what to buy and what to cook. Emails is a great way to do that. And um, there's lots of other meal plans that you can buy, purchase like one Costco meal plan or something like that. That's fine. Um, but having, even if that's not the case for you, just, I would make my, um, grocery list by first writing out four meals. Okay. Because we eat out on Friday nights. That was the deal when we got married, which I was not about to complain about. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday are kind of, you know, I don't know, I probably should plan them more, but you know, they're kind of, you know, just leftovers or whatever we have, something like that. Um, but I would write out four meals. So even if those four meals are the most basic thing ever, like, um, chicken breast and mashed potatoes, um, spaghetti, um, tacos, 
I don't know, hot dogs and macaroni and cheese, whatever you want to do. Um, just having, okay, these are the things that we're going to eat. I heard somebody say one time that they would get thrown by the fact that they would write out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then what if they didn't feel like eating that on Monday? Well, I, I don't worry about that. I just write out four meals. These are four meals that I want to make sure I have everything I need for these meals for this week. Okay. And then I'll just choose out of those four meals, what sounds best. Okay. Or out of those seven meals or however you do it. Um, so having those things that you, um, so having four meals and then creating your list around the basics that you need, but also what do you need front for those four meals to make sure you're going to have everything you need? Because if you have everything you need, then you're actually going to make them and you're going to avoid going out to eat, which we all know is the biggest budget buster ever. Um, and having a basic list, just having a list that's based on the most basic of meal plans will cut your grocery budget significantly. Um, going a little bit deeper on that is the, um, the idea of stocking up. I've shared before that my mother, my mother's house is where you want to be if the world ends because you'll be fine for a really long time. Uh, because she, that's how she buys. She stocks up on things. And so that's just the mentality that I've always had. So how does that actually work? Well, it works by, first of all, having a budget. Okay. And stocking up on items when they're on sale. So, um, this is how that works. Let's say, um, that, well, I've talked about meat a lot before in the past. Let's say chicken is on sale for $1.69 a pound. And it's the kind of chicken that you generally use. Okay. It's not a good idea to buy a whole chicken if you've never cooked with a whole chicken and chicken with the bones in it grosses you out. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just not. So whatever, if, if there's a certain kind of cut of chicken or whatever part of chicken that you consistently shop with, if that goes on sale, buying as much as you can afford within the weekly budget so that you won't have to buy it again when it's not on sale. Okay. So that comes with having a buy price. So the very first thing is for you to, you know, I mean, come on, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably got a couple of grocery receipts stuck in your, um, purse, right? Shove down in the bottom of your purse, go through that and say, you know, just start paying attention to how much do things cost? Okay. Well, the frozen vegetables that I buy all the time cost $2 each. All right, great. Just start getting that in your head. Okay. I paid, um, $17 for a three pound bag of chicken. Okay. Then that means that that, okay. Seriously, why am I doing math? What am I doing to myself? Making myself do math in my own podcast. This is my podcast. I shouldn't have to do math. But basically $3 into 17 would be like over $5 a pound. Okay. And that's something to remember. Meat is sold by the pound. If you're going to get a good deal on meat, you need to understand that. I did a talk on this in a mom's group one time. And a lot of people didn't know that. And so don't feel bad if you didn't know that. But that's how meat is sold. So when you see a price, you don't look at the price on the package. You look at the per pound price. And that's going to be at a different place on the package. That's going to be usually on the sign. That's how meat is sold is by the pound. So you need to start knowing how much am I paying per pound for meat? I bought this roast and this roast was $7. Okay, great. But then I look and I go, wow, 
this was a one pound roast. That means I paid $7 per pound. And that kind of starts getting you into the mindset of what have I been paying? And then what, um, you know, maybe apple juice was two fifty. Okay. And if you start being aware of how much you're paying for individual things that you're buying and, you know, for somebody who's naturally frugal, there was a time in my life where what I, I would have said, how could somebody not know how much they're paying? Well, you know what, when I had little bitty kids, I didn't care. I just wanted to get out of that store as fast as I could when I was shopping with three kids, five and under. Uh, yeah, that was a miserable grocery shopping period of my life. So I didn't care how much, but if you want to start making a difference, start paying attention. How much have I been paying for things? And then you start watching the sale ads. Okay. So the grocery store ads around you, either you get them in the mail or they come in the newspaper or whatever. Sometimes you can have them set up to go to your phone, which I, or to your um, email, which I actually don't like because it's harder for me to look through it. Um, but the main thing you need to pay attention to is the front page. The front page is where your loss leaders are going to be. Okay. Not your things where, um, you know, other things are gonna be like, that's not even a good price. I mean, once you start to learn, you're going to see that not everything in the sale ad is a good price, but the stuff on the front page is generally the stuff that they are putting out there at a loss to the grocery store to get you inside the store. Meaning they may be taking a loss on roast that week, you know, roast beef in order to get people to come into the store because they, those people who come into the store are likely to buy other things in the store. Okay. So start paying attention to what is on the front page. And if you see, you know, if you know that the last time I bought roast, I paid $7 a pound. Then when you see that roast is $4 a pound, it's going to trigger in your brain. Oh, that's a good deal. Okay. My personal price I look for on roast, which I mean, beef right now, it's expensive in, in the U S I mean, it is, I'm sure it is everywhere else too, but it is not, I mean, it has changed significantly in the price that you can find in the six years that I've been blogging. Um, I had a post from the very beginning where, you know, I said that $1.99 was my buy price. Well, I can't find it for that, that price anymore. So, um, now I look for like three fifty. That's a great price to me. If I can find that on roast beef, that's what I'll do. But like, let's say you see it for $4 a pound and you know that the last time you bought it, you bought it for $7 a pound. Well, then you go ahead and you buy not just one meal's worth of roast, but if you can afford it, see, since you would have paid seven before anyway, now you can buy twice that much for the same amount that you paid last time and put half of it in the freezer for another meal in the future. Make sense? So you're still only using the same amount of money that you would out of your budget, but you're getting twice as much. So then in the future, you don't even have to buy roast. It's already purchased. Okay. And then, yeah. Okay. So let's look at it like with chicken. Let's say chicken goes, let's say you notice that the last time you bought chicken, you paid over $5 a pound. Okay. Um, now you see that chicken is $1.69 a pound. And you go, wow, okay, well, let's do that math. Let's don't do that math. But basically, you could get three pounds of chicken three times the amount of chicken that you got the time before when you bought a three pound bag. So now you're going to buy nine pounds of chicken for the same price that you once paid for three pounds of chicken. That's three times the amount. So you put 
you use what you were going to use anyway, and you put the other in the freezer. And chicken is something that can freeze, okay? Obviously, with fresh vegetables, it's different because you can't save those forever. But if it's anything that can last by either freezing it or it's pantry stable, whatever, this is where you really, you know, look for the buy prices and save money. So you put, um, now you have nine pounds of chicken in there. Well, now the next week, you don't have to buy chicken, Okay. So now the money that you had spent every week, let's say you were buying three pounds of chicken for $15 every single week. Well, the next week, now you don't have to spend $15 on chicken because you've already got chicken in your freezer. So now you've freed up $15 in your budget. So now you look for something else that's on sale. Perhaps it's pasta. Normally you might pay $2 for a package of pasta. I'm pulling this out of the air. Okay. But anyway, let's say you pay $2 for a package of pasta and this week they're on sale for 79 cents. Okay. So you can just, you can get twice the amount of pasta that you normally would, or you can take, let's say you would normally buy three packages of pasta for two bucks a piece. Um, and spend $6. Well, now you've got that $6 you were going to spend anyway on pasta. And you've got the $15 that you're not spending on chicken. This is like a major math podcast. Anyway, so now you've got $6 plus $15, which is $21. And pasta is only 79 cents instead of $2. Now you can get 21 plus whatever, but at the most, I mean, you can get whatever at the least you can get 21 things of pasta. If you have the room in your pantry to store that you can get 21 things of pasta for the amount that you would have spent on chicken and the amount that you would have spent on pasta anyway. Okay. Now, since you were doing three packages of pasta a week, now you don't have to buy pasta for seven weeks. Okay. Does that make sense? And now you freed up that $3 also in your budget. So then the next week you don't have to buy chicken. You don't have to buy pasta. So now you have $18 to spend on something else that is on sale. Okay. And this isn't affecting anything This isn't meaning that I can't buy what I was buying anyway. It's just starting to stock up and starting to use that. Well, then, you know, you run out of chicken eventually. Well, you don't have to buy pasta. Maybe you don't have to buy frozen vegetables because you stocked up on those with that budget while they were on sale. And now you've got the money in your budget to not only buy $15 worth of chicken, but now this time you can buy $25 worth of chicken because you've freed up other spots in your budget. Okay. I know this has gotten way too mathematical, but, um, this is, that's how you do it. That's how stocking up when things on are on sale will help your budget. Okay. The thing you don't want to do is spend your entire budget one month on frozen vegetables because then you're not going to have anything else to eat. But that's how you can do it very slowly and incrementally and just kind of build on this process is go ahead, find out what have I been paying Watch for those same items that you know you buy all the time to go on sale. You know, maybe it's something as simple as I usually buy um, 
three cans of tomatoes at $1.50 every week. I don't know. So that's $4.50. Well, this, this week they're on sale for 75 cents. Okay. So this week I'm going to buy six of those so I don't have to buy them the next week. And that, you know, frees up $4.50 next week. Okay. Then all of a sudden, you know, that's $4.50 that you can use. So it might be in smaller amounts that you're doing that. But Oh my goodness, I've been talking for 36 minutes. Okay, I'm going to stop soon. Um, and I'm going to talk more about this next week. But the main thing to look for is meat. If you can get to where you are never having to buy meat that is not on sale, that will significantly impact your grocery budget. Meat is the biggest money grabber out of your budget. Okay, if your family eats meat, obviously. But mine does. My husband likes to have meat at every meal. So meat is the big thing that uses up our budget. So if I can get meat when it's on sale and never have to pay whatever they're charging at the moment for meat, then that will keep my budget significantly lower. Okay. All right. So I'm going to stop here. And, um, again, I will, I'm going to talk more about this next week and I'm not sure if I'll get into the Amazon prime stuff next week or not, but it's actually nice with my brain power right now to know, um, that I know what next week's podcast is going to be about. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. And don't forget that, um, I have eBooks for sale, 28 days to hope for your home, drowning in clutter and teaching kids to clean that are available on the website. Thank you so much for joining me again. This is podcast number 71. And I would love to hear your personal tricks and tips for saving in your grocery budget or tell me what your struggles are so that I can talk about them in the next podcast. Thanks for joining me and I will talk to you next week. Bye.